there's no real way, I guess, Brian, to like sit here and look at this and be like, so, you know, what do they do to fill the gap with Trayvon Diggs not, not out there anymore? I mean, that's their ball hawk. That's one of their best talents on defense. But is there something, if anything, they can do to at least try and compensate for this loss the rest of the year? Well, good evening, guys, and absolutely they can. You know, this is the one position they actually have some depth at, you know, and it's a team that's been pretty well constructed, especially on the defensive side of the things. You know, Dan Quinn is one of those guys that's more than willing to roll up his sleeve, get shoulder and shoulder with the scouts, whether the pro scouts or the college scouts, you know, try and find talent. The one thing that this coaching staff has been able to do on the offensive side of the ball is – when they dress their their you know guys their 48 when they you know decide who's going to play that week and who's going to give them a number of plays you know they they find a way to get guys involved and actually if you look at you know Deron Bland was a rookie last year who uh, you know stepped up really well he you know this guy that found himself with you know several turnovers he created interceptions played in the slot played outside you know, he became very, very comfortable with that. Jordan Lewis, who they lost last year to a foot injury, is back. You know, they had to make a decision whether to keep him on PUP to start the season, which would have meant he would have been gone through the New England game next week. So they didn't do that. They felt like that he was ready to go. And actually, he got some work in the game last week against the Jets and uh, actually covered from the slot pretty well. So, you know, they've got they've got capable players uh, yeah replacing digs is not an easy thing but you know as a personnel department you just don't put your head in the sand nobody feels sorry for you you know you everybody's sad you know i guess that digs is out and stuff but you know for their attitude is like you know we've we've you know we've found some players we've developed some players you know and we're going to go play with some players you know this is if you know if you told me that you know, last year they, you know, they lose Dak Prescott the first, you know, first game of the season. He misses, you know, basically five games, and they go four and one in those games. And this team is very resilient when it comes to their roster and the way that they've developed it and the players they have the confidence in guys' ability to step up and make plays, uh, you know, regardless who is uh, available that week. And Brian, like you said, I mean, you do have the depth. You have Deron Bland, who got some action. But um, is the reason that you're optimistic or you're not – and granted, it's a defensive back, and you did bring in Stephon Gilmore. But is the reason that you're kind of optimistic still about the team's chances this year and what they could do defensively because of Dan Quinn? You have a genius as a defensive coordinator. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. This is where, you know, Dan Quinn uh, Dan Quinn, and, and Joe Witt and, uh, you know, Aiden Durdy, the defensive line coach – Sharif Floyd, these guys, you know, as a former personnel man, I would have loved to have worked with these guys just because I know um, if I see a player, you know, at Oregon State or I see a player at uh, LSU or wherever, you know, I'm like, man, Dan could do something with this guy. Dan would find 12 plays for this kid. You know, Dan would find a way to, uh, you know, incorporate him in a dime package or, you know, I mean, a great example is a kid, Marquise Bell, that they have as a safety and you know they you know he's from florida a&m and you know the kid plays like you know 17 coverage snaps and he has six tackles you know i mean that's that's the kind of thing you know that you you know as a personnel guy you dream about that 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 the players you bring in this coaching staff is going to find a way to use them and like i said you know if you lose you know if you lose uh uh you know if you lose uh, Parsons, Micah Parsons, 
you know, maybe it's a, it's a, it's, it's a huge blow and not to say that losing digs is not a, a big blow, but it's the one thing that this team can, can survive right now. They will figure out ways to work around him and, you know, and they'll make the best of it because Dan will figure out ways to scheme differently, you know, with, uh, with the talent that he has available. I'm interested in, in how the Cowboys offensively have been scheming because we were worried, and I think we talked about this with you preseason, how are the Cowboys going to function now that Zeke's not there? And Tony Pollard was never known as a very high-volume back, and yeah. now he just steps into the lead back role, 39 carries, 142 yards, two touchdowns through two games, uh, and it just kind of looks like maybe we were all wrong. Well, the thing I was worried about the most, Trista, was the, the, the huge turnover they had on the offensive staff. Uh, you know, with Mike McCarthy becoming the primary play caller, they changed out their offensive line coach. They changed out the running back coach, the quarterback coach, the OC. There were some, some big-time changes that went on, and it, it appears that what Mike McCarthy has done is he realizes that he's got a damn good defense, and he's going to do his best not to screw that up. This team is you know, uh, has done a great job of protecting the football. There's been a couple of opportunities. Yeah, Sauce Gardner should have probably picked one off of Dak. They've had a couple of fumbles, but uh, Tyler Biotis, the center, has been covering plays, and then all of a sudden they're in position to fall on balls. So, you know, they're not turning over the ball. They're not putting the ball in harm's way. They're really good on third down. Uh, you know, the things that they're dealing with right now is if you watch the team from afar – you would say, well, the red zone numbers aren't all that great. But when you watch the all 22 with this team, you know, it's Tyron Smith missed the block here. And then Quentin Williams is a tackle for minus two. They had, they score a touchdown with Pollard. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tyron Smith gets a holding call on the backside. You know, uh, they had a chance to with Peyton Hendershot. They run a little jet sweep with the tight end. If he plants his foot and then dives forward, he's going to score a touchdown. They've, they've done some things that are really, really, really good. You know, there's the quarterback is dealing with, uh, if you're one of those folks that believes in metrics or the numbers and all those things, this team that leads the league or is one of the top in when it comes to separation of routes. And that's something they didn't have under the Kellen Moore administration was that ability with Dak Prescott to throw to open receivers. You know, they went into a game last week where they were, you know, with down Brandon Cooks. But what happens then, you know, the, you know, CeeDee Lamb gets 11 catches. With the giant, uh, the, excuse me, the Jets a little cavalier? Should they have tried to, you know, maybe traveled with him? No, the Jets play left and right coverage. And, you know, and, and McCarthy and his staff did a great job of moving him around. And then once they figured out the Jets weren't going to travel with him, they just started wearing him out. They were playing zone coverage, and here we go. So these coaches really on both sides of the ball – have done a great job of, of knowing the strengths of their team, knowing where they can get their, the best plays from their guys, and then those guys going out there and executing things. And as you guys mentioned, or just as you mentioned, Tony Pollard has been a big part of that, you know, uh, of his ability to run the football. Uh, you know, they're in a little bit of a bind again. Uh, Tyler Biotis, the center, appeared on the injury report today, uh, you know, with a little bit of what they call the minor hamstring uh, soreness or tightness and you know we'll see how that plays out the rest of uh, uh, the next couple of days and, and getting them ready for the Arizona game 
you obviously got to see the Giants already, you know, against the Cowboys to start off the season. Uh-huh. Giants just scored here now. They're about to make it 17-13 after the extra point. Uh, when you look at that team, like, what what is the ceiling for the Giants? Because, like, we last year we look at the NFC East, and for a while there was a conversation about maybe all four teams getting in. Of course, my commanders ruined that, but that's a whole other conversation no, for another I, and day. I, and I... No, I think your commanders are actually a good team. I ah, think they found a, I think right. they found a quarterback. Yeah, I really do. I, you know, and I think he took a lot of blame at North Carolina for some of the shortcomings that they have. I was really surprised that he went as late as he did when we were working on the draft. And you know, I'm like, man, this kid can actually play a little bit. But everybody was blaming him for the, you know, for the problems that they had. The commanders, to me, and I know you asked me about the Giants, but real quick on the commanders. I think they got really good skill players. I think defensively, if you look at, if you watched, I mean, I got to watch the Arizona, um, watching the Arizona film the last two days, you know, and they play the Commanders. The Commanders, uh, they they can shut you down on defense. They can they can choke the run. They're very physical up front. The front seven is really really good. They gave the Cowboys fits in the end of the season last year in a game. Cowboys couldn't run the ball at all. I think that's what the Commanders could do. They're just so physical up front and the skill they have on the offense you know they're capable I think this is going to be a very tight division I don't see anybody winning 14 games you know it's going to start playing each other and there's going to be probably a lot of you beat me at home I beat you on the road that kind of thing you know going back and forth the Giants on their hand I might have overrated the Giants and what they are but the Giants are a team that's struggling right now to kind of find their way when it comes to their offensive line if they've committed a lot to try and make it better but it hasn't panned out as like they probably thought it was going to be. But the the young corners that they have, that's been I think the biggest issue for them is, you know, they they've chosen to play two rookie corners, and I think it's affected the way that they're uh, kind of operating right now. But they got a hell of a victory, you know, going to Arizona. They were left for dead in that game. I mean, they come back 21 points down. I think it was since and had a game like that since 1934, and I think that team started in 1925. So, you know, yeah, it's this division is, I think, is very competitive. I think there's going to be some teams that are probably, again, starting out like, say, the Commanders, maybe the Cowboys, maybe the Eagles. You start off with a really good record, but by the time we get to the middle of the season or we get to November – you know, it's maybe going to be a little bit different story for everybody. I really like Dallas this year to win the NFC, maybe even to win the Super Bowl. The only thing concerning, obviously, and this is going around the entire league, is just injuries already. Any concern with Zach Martin, who's dealing with an ankle injury, or Brandon Cooks, who's dealing with a knee injury, or do you expect those guys to be fine? Yeah, I, we, we, get to interview, uh, we get to interview Zach Martin, and we talked to him today, and so he gave us the thumbs up that he was going to be ready to go. Cook should be ready to go as well. He was pretty close to being ready last week, but they just didn't want to They want to push it. It'll be a different game for, for him. They're going to need him, Michael Gallup. If you watch the, uh, the Cardinals play, it's, it's, they, they're, they, they give up a lot of separation in the secondary. You know, Wilson struggles. Clark struggles a little bit. They could give up some big plays. This could be a game where you could see the ball going down the field a little bit more uh, for the Cowboys, you know, if the fact that Arizona doesn't really, you know, pick up all that well. Arizona can get some pressure. you got to sort that out in front. But if you block their front, you can make some plays in the secondary. But both the, both the guys you asked about should be ready to go. Who do you think uh, that we should be targeting in terms of players in this matchup between the Cowboys and the Cardinals, just in terms of what you've already seen on film? Yeah, I think that, to me, that, that where the Cowboys have a clear advantage. Now, the, the, the Cardinals are, are, you know, like third in the league in, in sacks. And so 
they're a difficult front to play in a way that it's not really conventional. Losing Carlos Watkins is going to hurt them a little bit. They, uh, they should get back. Foto will play. Kevin Strong is kind of an interesting guy. They play with like two guys hands down, three guys hands down, and then everybody else is standing around like they're waiting for a bus. And then they're, and then all of a sudden they come after you. They attack you that way. I just kind of feel like though that. You know, if you could find a way to control, they've got a, a really, uh, you know, a fun player named Dennis Gardeck, and he was uh, he's you know, he's already got three sacks in two games. He's one of those relentless, you know, high motor, high effort guys. Everything all the scouts, all those buzzwords you use to describe a player that just is relentless in the way he plays. But they've got some guys that can create some pressure on you, and so it's going to be imperative they play what we call a bare front. Where they'll cover the nose, they'll cover or cover the center, cover the two guards, and the Cowboys predicate really all their protections off the center's calls. So if all of a sudden the center's got a guy on his nose, and then he's having to kind of make the call, make the snap, make a block. You know that's kind of a disruptive thing. So you know I, I don't think Arizona's a tanking team at all. I just don't think they know how to finish to win games. That's the biggest problem that they've they've dealt with right, right now. But it's going to be about if you could block this front and then and then find a way to get these wide receivers on Marco Wilson and and uh, you know uh, and, and Clark the other corner as well. Jalen Thompson in the slot is is kind of a guy that uh, you know will give up some plays as well. So the Cowboys are equipped to battle these guys when it comes to receivers versus their corners, but they also have to be able to block the front. And Arizona's done a pretty good job of getting pressure. Brian brought us 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Love of the Star podcast. Really appreciate you coming on Good with us. Stuff. Thanks, man. Brian, hey, I don't have time, but guys. we need more touches for Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a fantasy problem. Yeah. To me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's bet MGM the night.